You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts Andrew Chang and Vince Taylor. Hello and welcome to the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the built-in Buffalo network. You are tuning in to the first Thursday, well, I guess not the first Thursday episode here on uh, the Wandering Buffalo podcast, but we recently split our episode into, or our show into two segments. So we're going to do a game recap on Wednesday, and today on Thursday's episodes, we're going to do our game previews. Normally, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Goddard, but uh, due to some technical difficulties, we have a very special guest. You might know him if you've heard of us, and you should know him if you haven't. It's Vince Taylor of the Bill, or I'm sorry, Buffalo on the Brain podcast, also a part of the Built-in Buffalo Network. How are you doing tonight? I am always doing much better than I deserve, and it's just a pleasure to get to spend some time on the Wandering Buffalo because I pump you guys up all the time. You guys are one of my favorite podcasts, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you're kind of building a little bit of a reputation for yourself as good dudes out there in Twitter land too. So it's just a pleasure to be here with you. Well, that is some high praise, and man, I. I, I know Justin and I can speak well I can speak for Justin and Jake the executive producer here that we hold you in high we 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 have you on a high shelf in terms of standards so we're we're try, we like to think we're chasing after you <laughs> but it's great to have you on the show and especially this one cuz we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chief matchup here on Sunday night football uh, so normally what we're going to do, well, what Justin and I do here is we're going to talk about how the Chiefs are currently looking, what the media thinks of them, what we want to see, what we don't want to see, and eventually at the end of this episode, we're going to give our game predictions. Nothing uh, out of left field for you, I'm pretty sure. But uh, before we get into anything, uh, where, where can the people find you and your work, Vince? I am at Podcast Vince, and you can find me every Monday right here on this network. Podcast Buffalo on the Brain comes out on Mondays. Perfect, perfect. And you can always find us on most social media and post podcasting platforms by searching up the Wandering Buffalo podcast. As I mentioned, we're going to split into two segments. So Wednesday's game uh, review and then Thursday's game preview. This episode might come out a little late on YouTube, so... You know, it is what it is. Technical difficulties kind of held us back. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Vince. We're here to talk about the week, was it five now? Five? Yeah, week five yeah, matchup week five. against the Kansas City Chiefs. This game's going to be on Sunday Night Football, NBC. I love their work. It's going to be in Missouri, Arrowhead Stadium at 820. Allegedly, it's supposed to be 60 degrees with 48% chance of rain and 7-mile-per-hour winds. I know the rain kind of played a factor in the game against uh, the Texans, but you know, not too much of a factor because we blew them out of the water. How, how are you feeling about this potential rain forecast for this game? Well, I think it's a little bit early. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. When I look at the weather forecast for a week ahead and it says it's going to rain it's always wrong this far out so i feel like there's still a little bit of window whether it can change mm -hmm. but assuming that it doesn't you know i don't know um i feel like this is not the same bills team that we had last year and i know the chiefs are a bit down right now but i'm not buying into that a lot it's because we've said that about the patriots for so many years when they have a slow mm -hmm. start we always want to write them off this chiefs game is going to be the same thing and the rain's going to affect Patrick Mahomes too. Right. I think we actually have the, the edge in, in wide receivers. So I'm, I'm feeling fairly optimistic about this game, which is not usually like me. Right. Right. And Ooh, I, I'll, I'm going to key you in on something that Justin said, uh, before we, you and I jumped on this, uh, recording here tonight. And I, I can't wait to get your response on it. It's his game prediction and his thought process behind it. But as you mentioned, this Chiefs team right now isn't, their record at least, doesn't really reflect who they are. It's like, I I know what they can be, so I guess we we just got to start with their most recent game. They they beat the Eagles a score of 42-30, to 30, 
And I was at a bar here in downtown Rochester, and one of my friends is a huge Philadelphia Eagle fan. He's from Allentown, so it's like 30 minutes south of or north of Philadelphia. And he was so excited because the game was close, and then he just got dead quiet as Mahomes, you know, started sprinkling in his magic. And I'll just say this. I don't want to feel like my friend did at Sunday night, like towards midnight. That's not how I want to cap off the end of my week. (laughs) But, you know, this team right now is currently fourth in, I believe, yeah, they're fourth in the AFC West and ninth in general in the AFC Conference. Like you, I'm going to echo what you said here. This record does not really show who they are as a team. And I don't think they've played their best football yet. Which is funny because I also don't think the Buffalo Bills have played their best football yet. In terms of offense, at least. Defense, like that, it looks like everything's clicking on cylinders. But I I think this is a, a good opportunity for both teams to really showcase what they got underneath the hood. It's kind of like that Fast and the Furious thing where <laughs> where uh, they just look at each other and they hit the NOS button. Like, I don't know which car is going to win here, but I know there's something underneath the hood that I got to look out for. Yeah, it. and for the Bills, yes, we know we're a good team because we were a good team last year, 13-3 AFC Championship game. If we didn't have that season we might be feeling differently about this crop of Buffalo Bills because who have we really beat? Mm-hmm. And that matters to some degree. Yes, we have two shutouts. Shutouts are hard to do in the NFL. One's against the Texans, when basically a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. That counts too, right? It's still a shutout, even if it is a lesser – it counts a little bit less in my mind, but it still counts. This is a really big test because we've not faced an offense like Kansas City yet this year. So how much better are we? And I don't know how you feel, Andrew, but I lived in the playoff drought and we had 17 years of moral victories. I'm done with that. I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, well, all I know in terms of Bill fo- Bill's football all throughout my life has kind of started from Trent Edwards and on and J.P. Lossman, and so on and so forth. So uh, all I know is L's. So last season was completely crazy for me, and I'm sure that's crazy for you too, but I just never thought as a Bills fan this, well, I did, I knew it was eventually going to happen, but in my, you know, worst place in my mind in terms of a Bills fan I never thought that this day would actually come where my team would be a darling of the NFL and we would get all these uh, primetime matchups and our quarterback was regarded as one of the best in the league so I'm ready for this matchup and we got to start by talking about this Chiefs team and we got a list here of strengths and weaknesses, courtesy of Sportskeeda, specifically their writer, Henrique Bolio. Um, and we're going to go strength by strength here, or down the list, and tell you what their strengths are. So up first, it's coaching. No surprise here. Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and Eric Bieniemy. Andy Reid is legit one of the most winningest coaches of all time. I'm pretty sure he's got like... I might be wrong here, but I know he's got over 100 wins with the Eagles, and he might have over 100 with the Chiefs, which I'm pretty sure no one has really done that before, or it's he's in a small group of people who can say they've done that. And he's just got a nose for crazy good offenses, and he can stack weapons on weapons. Eric Bieniemy, you know, he, he was a head coaching, uh, hot head coaching candidate at the end of last year's cycle which I'm still surprised he didn't get a job kind of kind of for the same reasons why Leslie Frazier didn't get a job but you know I'm, I'm very okay with us having Leslie Frazier but I just don't know how Eric didn't get a job and then Steve Spagnolo, you know he's he's been in the league head coaching experiences uh, head coach experience defensive coordinator 
like for a long time. He knows what he's doing out there. Although this season it seems like uh, they could use a little more from that defensive side of the football. How, how, how do you feel about this coaching staff in terms of their strengths? Yeah, Andy Reid is famous, you know, just one of the legendary offensive minds in football. You know, what he did way back even in Green Bay with Brett Favre. And even before he had Patrick Mahomes, he was having success with Alex Smith. And I don't know if you remember this, but Alex Smith was a bust. He was a washout. He was pretty much done. Now he had maybe one or two good years in San Francisco, but he was he was a bust for all intents and purposes for where he was picked. Andy Reid was able to get a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of short passes. I think they had the one year where they I, – I don't think they threw a touchdown pass to their wide receivers or something like that. But they were still able to score points. Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in today's NFL. So, I mean, and he has Patrick Mahomes is making Patrick Mahomes better. Is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes if he doesn't go to Kansas City? I guess we'll mm-hmm. never know. But um, I don't know. Steve Spagnuolo, I believe, was he on the Giants staff when they won a Super Bowl? He yeah. He's a defensive coordinator. Yeah. He coached so, against, I think, both. 42 and 46 Super Bowls I I don't know I know it's 42 but that would that was the year um that the Patriots were undefeated and they lost the big one which I was so happy about everybody outside of Boston was like shouting in the streets and Boston was I don't know I mean they all they have to make themselves feel better was six Super Bowls I guess but we felt good there (laughs) I felt great about that great about that L so Steve Spagnuolo, you you get you get a thumbs up in my book, no matter what, for what you did to to the Patriots twice, I believe. So I'm yeah, with that the second one was actually here in Indy. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that, and it almost kind of ended well, not in the same way, but uh, it, the ball was in Brady's hand, and he couldn't he couldn't finish the job, which is which is cool. <laughs> so you mentioned Mahomes being paired with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy being almost you know the sum of their parts are it the the amount that that they're able in terms of offense to create doesn't equal the sum of their parts. I think when you combine those two or those three pieces together you get a crazy level in terms of offense and we got to talk about Mahomes now because we already talked about Bieniemy, Andy Reid, but Mahomes man, he's He's Mahomes. He's so far, I'm pretty sure. And these numbers might be a little outdated since uh, Sunday, but he's got 940 passing yards. He's averaging 8.5 yards per attempt. He's got a 70% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, a quarterback rating of 11, oh, I'm sorry, 111.7. And he's just been on fire since he's entered the league. And it like how 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 are how are the bills supposed to game plan around a guy like Mahomes we've seen what they did in the past you know drop into coverage that just didn't work too well for them and then eventually they shifted to man coverage in the AFC championship game and that really didn't go well for them and it just seemed like Mahomes was able to do Mahomes-esque things and have his way with everyone now this season might seem a little different but uh you gotta factor him in in terms of this matchup because if you don't you're 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 living under a rock (laughs) yeah you're getting my thoughts out almost exactly you might know that i was on upgrade qb2 or uh, cb2 spot Mm. all off season you know we went and we upgraded defensive line that's great that's it didn't have to be one or the other for me, but somehow we just wanted to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. And we've had some pretty good returns, although I would say for the Texans game, it it was spotty. And I think the Chiefs do have a better offensive line. So is our defensive line going to be able to get to Mahomes? Now, last year, we covered pretty well for a minute, and then mm-hmm. we couldn't get pressure, and he'd run outside and Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey or somebody would be wide open. So... You know, even when he would hold the ball a little bit longer, he'd still end up making a play. So, you know, as I said, this is a big test for this Bills team. You know, everything we think this Bills team is right now, 
if we lose this game, we might be thinking differently either way. If we win, we'll be thinking differently. If we lose, we'll be thinking differently about our defense. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill because those are the next two strengths on this list, and there's no surprise there. Travis Kelsey's got a 91.4 PFF rating on this team, and I'm pretty sure that's the highest rating on the in general for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, like, Mahomes is Mahomes. Kelsey is Kels. I, I, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce his name. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did the... Tyrod or Tyrod thing where he just randomly said, oh, by the way, my name is Travis Kels. Yeah, I've been in the league for years now, but now I want to correct you because I don't know. I'm still saying it the wrong way because that's how I learned it. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just like, well, I wish I would have known this sooner, so, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep calling you the wrong thing. Maybe that just fuels him, and that's why he's one of the arguably the best tight ends we're going to ever see in our entire lives. But uh, he's so far got three touchdowns this year, and uh, not for nothing, but guess who's got more? Our guy Dawson Knox. So, you know, i got to put that stat out there. Uh, But he's so good, he demands to be bracketed or extra attention, maybe double coverage, and because he's so elite. How do you think the Bills are going to stack or, I guess, cover Travis Kelsey? Do you think they're just going to stick Milano, if you know, obviously, if he's healthy, just on him, leave leave those two together and just hope for the best? Or what do you predict will happen here? I wish I had an answer for you, but if I had that answer, I would be working for the Bills, I guess. But I, right. I have no idea. Milano is our best coverage linebacker, and – you know, he wasn't that effective. I mean, neither linebacker was that effective last year against any tight end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you're talking about Kelsey. (laughs) I said Kelsey again. I'm going to keep saying it. You know, he's the level above everybody else. And I don't know. I don't have the answer. I, I I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything for you there. There's somebody smarter than me that can have an answer for you there about maybe throwing an extra body at him, but I don't know. Right. Well, you know, maybe they do toss another body at Travis Kelsey, but if you do that, then it just leaves an open, vacant spot for Tyreek Hill because he's the next weapon on here at an 88.2 PFF rating, and he's just so fast that, and he's a pretty good route runner. So even if you do double him he can quite literally outrun the coverage and that's a problem so if you stick another person on kelsey like that leaves everyone else to kind of be one-on-one it's kind of like basketball like you know as soon as i i'm playing out there and i see someone else draw to me i'm immediately looking up to see who's open because if there's two people on one person, then it's just math, right? And unfortunately, if you're going to double one of their best players, they have a monster waiting all the way down in the field for Mahomes to use his big arm to just launch touchdowns. And those two connect all too often. And we saw what he did in this AFC Championship game to us where he quite literally outran Teron Johnson. And it... I I don't know. I, out of these two weapons, who are you most nervous about? I think if we, I think it'd be easier to double Tyreek Hill. Maybe mm-hmm. you have one of the safeties just kind of keep an eye on him and check him that way. Mm-hmm. But I think Kelsey can eat you underneath over and over and over and over again. But oddly enough, we've been hearing some criticism about that Chiefs offense, and as good as they are. And right now they're not even playing to their potential, much like we're not either. Mm-hmm. Some of the criticism was they really don't have that much talent besides Kelsey and Tyree Kill. And say what you want about Merkley Hardman, but they just picked up Josh Gordon. So yeah. what is that worth? We don't really know, but he's athletic as hell. So I don't know. Yeah. I Like you said, if I did know, we would be working for the Bills right now, hopefully. <laughs> Imagine that kind of dream. Whew. And uh, the last strength here, we're going to switch to the defensive side of the football, and that has to do with Tyron Matthew. 
Now, surprisingly, I thought he would have been, I thought he would have gotten a higher PFF rating, but he's got a 61.6 rating. And that's, I guess, kind of a head scratcher because he's, to me, a super smart, savvy player. Much like Hyde, he can blow up or prevent a big play from happening, and he's just great in defenses. You can move him around like a chess piece, and he's able to diagnose plays before they really develop. And not to mention, he's a leader on this defense, and when he, I forgot what week he was out, maybe week one, but you could just tell that they they missed him and his presence out there on the field, so... Tyron Matthew, definitely someone uh, Brian Dable's got to look out for in terms of game planning, but he, he's, a, he's a good one on that Chiefs defense. Yeah, he's come a long way. We knew when he got drafted he was super talented way back then, but as talented as he was, he was just as immature. Mm. And, you know, hanging out in the NFL with coaches and other veteran players, you know, it can change your perspective on some things. And he certainly is not the same player that was drafted. If I remember right, there was there was a lot of hesitation on him just because of who he was. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet there's a lot of people who wish they could have picked him back then that missed on him. Where did he get drafted again? Wasn't it Arizona? I, I, do, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think about where he got drafted, and maybe this is before my uh cognitive football years really <laughs> developed but uh you know i i will say as much as i love tyron matthew i love jordan poor and micah hyde more those two those two together are greater than tyron matthew in my opinion and uh you know if you're gonna give me tyron matthew or what Sorensen, y- you know we gotta pick hyde and poyer all day every day over them I know you're on the same boat as me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't disagree with you there. And I, nationally, outside of Buffalo, it's like a low-key secret that we have such good safeties. Like, people probably heard of them, but they don't really know how good they are. And mm. I kind of like it that way. Yes, yes. See, this is what I'm talking about. Keep them a secret. Because if they start, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they would be, they'd be players like this, but when they start getting recognition maybe they you know you see some players kind of like take the foot off the gas or you know when players are in contract years then just out of nowhere oh my god now they're doing great and you pay them a lot of money and then they just kind of go back to the mean and and i don't i i don't think poyer or hyde would be like that because we've paid them and we know we know what they are in terms of their value for this team and I love that they embrace that, okay, keep sleeping on us mentality. We'll see you on Sunday. I'm all about Yeah, that. I think McDermott has to get a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Micah Hyde that we know today isn't the Micah Hyde that was a free agent from Green Bay. A lot of people, yeah. it, it's not the same player. And Jordan Poyer couldn't start in Cleveland and those bad Cleveland teams. He is a cast off. Mm-hmm. They came to Buffalo. They got the situation. They got the coaching. They got the scheme. They got the culture. Everything around them created who they are today and how we know them. And because they weren't necessarily drafted as high, I think that all plays into keeping them secret, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I guess, the effect of good coaching. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the strengths of this team's, uh, well, the Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the weaknesses that maybe the Buffalo Bills can exploit on that Chiefs team. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. I got Vince Taylor from Buffalo on the Brain here on the Wandering Buffalo podcast, and we're going to wrap up this game preview of the Kansas City Chiefs. So you know we got to talk about these uh, weaknesses of the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, no surprise here, but it's a lot to do with depth and defense. And we're going to start with the pass rush defense. And there's not a lot of depth here. They, you know, they have Alex Okafor. I'm pretty sure he's the guy who got the football tossed in uh, at his head by Josh Allen. So he, he's a 
he, he's someone I'm thinking about. Chris Jones, they kicked him out to play five tech, which is kind of strange to me because he's always been really good on the interior. And then outside of that, you got Jerron Reed, who's got like a 50 PFF rating, to Sean Warren, who's got a 50 PFF rating, Derek Nighy, who's got a 40 PFF rating, Colleen Saunders, who's got a 50 PFF rating, and then Mike Dana, who's got a 60 PFF rating. Oh, and on the other edge, they got Frank Clark, who's questionable for this game, but get this. He's got a 34.9 PFF rating. Like, do you remember when he was a very coveted free agent a couple of years ago, and now he's 35 PFF rating? Like, that's that's not good. But it regardless, this is, should be a good test in terms of this newly revamped Bills offensive line. So, Vince, how, how do you feel about this depth, this matchup, and uh, just just in general, your overall thoughts? Chris Jones is a monster, and I don't care where they line him up. He's somebody that, that we need to keep our eyes on. But mm-hmm. he is on the injury report today for the Chiefs. He did not practice. He has some type of wrist injury. I mm-hmm. don't know what that means. I don't know if he's questionable or, I don't know if he's got a designation on, but I know he didn't practice today because of some type of wrist injury, but he's the only one on that defensive line that really gives me concerns. On the other hand, I don't really love our offensive line that much either. Now I liked it much better last week, but that's against the Texans. So I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to feel about that, but the Spencer Brown experiment at right tackle and the Daryl Williams inside at right guard, uh, it, it's making me, I, I guess I'm interested to see how that holds up, but um, yeah, you're right. The Kansas City defense is not super deep. They're not playing very well. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not causing a ton of turnovers. They're giving up a lot of points. We haven't hit our stride either. This is a place where if we do it against the Chiefs, it's going to feel so much better than doing it against the Texans. Yeah, and I didn't know that Chris Jones was on the injury report maybe he hurt his wrist by punching uh someone else in the head by cheap shotting him again i i don't know but i i suspect that might be the real reason <laughs> but no I, I i respect chris jones a ton and like i said i do respect steve spagnolo a lot for what he's done in the past and i think he's going to be able to find a way to take advantage or maybe test this newly revamped offensive line and Spencer Brown looked really really good at right tackle but I I got a feeling that they're going to go after him or Ike Bakker because I do like Ike Bakker but he's consistent I guess he's not up and down like Ford or Feliciano so Definitely an area that we should definitely look out for. But in general, I don't know what it is, but I, I still feel good about this matchup. <laughs> maybe maybe I got fan goggles on, but I, I do feel good about it. And I, I don't know if you want to add anything more to that um, before we move on. As... As we get closer to this game, if you would have asked me a week ago, I'm still saying the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I know their record isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't matter who one or two is. It's who's the best team in the AFC. It's either the Chiefs or the Bills. And we're going to be playing this week to figure out who it is. So it doesn't really matter who you want to argue for first place. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much for all the marbles. Now, I know if the Chiefs win, they're still digging themselves out of a hole, but they're still the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, and it's kind of like how I viewed the Patriots back in the day, and clearly I'm just I'm having some drawing some parallels between the this Chiefs uh, regime and the old Patriots in terms of until we beat them, I'm not sure I believe it until I see it, and that kind of makes me upset. <laughs> Uh, just because this team's so good, and I, I need us. I I need that W. I well, I would like the W. I don't need it, but I really, really want it. So let's move on to the next weakness here, and that's their linebacking core. 
And this linebacking core has never been good for the Chiefs, and it's been like that for a while. And it also might be a good spot for this Bills offense to focus their attack on. So maybe we might see some scheming that we saw on the Washington football team because their linebacking core is very bad as well. And let's talk about their depth. They start, they have Nick Bolton out there, uh, a rookie. Um, and you, some of you guys might know him because a lot of people went before uh, before we re-signed Matt Milano, some people were saying, oh, you know, the Bills might sign Nick Bolton, or, like, I'm not sorry, I, I'm sorry, draft Nick Bolton in, in the first round to replace him, and I saw some mock drafts out there, but I didn't, I wasn't really about it, and so far, he's been okay, I guess. He's got, like, a 46.8 PFF rating. Besides him, they have Anthony Hitchens, who's got a 40 PFF rating, Dorian O'Dannell, uh, the best one, I guess, with a 74.2 PF rating. Ben Nemian, 40 PFF rating. And then Darius Harris, who's got like a 59 PFF rating. So definitely not the greatest here, considering their starting linebackers aren't great. And then the depth behind them isn't moving the needle that much. Kind of the same as Washington. Washington had a better defensive line in there. Linebackers were pretty weak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where we saw Beasley go off. Did he have, is that the game where he had 11 catches? I was there, yeah. so I did, yeah. Uh, maybe we see some Dawson Knox there too, if we can get him matched up with one of those linebackers. But yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is the game where we try to do some of the same things against that weaker linebacking core. But, the, the defensive line for Washington was much better than the defensive line for this Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, we're going to be passing the ball all day. We're either going to be trying to run up the score so we can keep a big lead or we're going to be trying to play catch up. So I don't really anticipate a lot of running. Yeah, and in that Washington game, you saw Josh become uh, the matador is what I, I coined it as because – someone on that line was going to win and they always seem to be coming from Cody Ford who consequently is benched below the now so he's not part of the starting five but it always seemed like Josh was able to dodge one to two people that were coming at him and then just make a play out of it I feel a lot better about this offensive line matchup uh, against that um, that defensive line matchup so we can open up bigger plays to Knox and Beasley to attack those linebackers and hey I mean Knox has scored a touchdown every game so far and wouldn't it be great to have a tight end that could impact the game wearing a Bills uniform I don't think I've ever seen one before so that would be a true treat yeah you've not seen one before because we've not had one before the best that we've had (laughs) was Pete Metzelars way back at him you know in, in the Super Bowl era and he was pretty good, but it wasn't like Pete Metzelars was out there being Antonio Gates or Travis Kelsey either. You know, he was just yeah. pretty good. But we want to believe that Dawson Knox can develop into that guy. And, you know, I don't know. This is the game where I think he gets some of the touch and I think he keeps the streak going. It's going to end at some point, but this game is going to be just so pass heavy. I'm, I think he gets another touchdown. Right, right. And I'm all for it if he gets another touchdown or if Beasley comes alive. Cause you know, last game he didn't really have an impact. He only got two targets, two catches and they can, they kind of came late in, in that game against the Texans. But, uh, I got a good feeling Beasley's about to eat and with, uh, with the chiefs here. Plus he got a haircut. So, you know, you never know. You never know. Let's move on to the cornerback depth here. And this is definitely an area that the bill should exploit and it makes sense here and i'm just going to go down the ratings and it the numbers are going to speak for themselves mike hughes he's got a 70 pff rating and to put it out there i i'm pretty sure 70 is like average so think about it like that behind and then i'll go down this list so chris lamons 59 legerius sneed 58 DeAndre Baker, you might know him from, uh, he was one of the three first-round picks for the Giants, and then he kind of got into off-field trouble and for robbery, I think, which 
it's kind of sad because, you know, you're a first-round pick. Don't ruin that. <laughs> uh, but he found his way to the Chiefs, and he's got a 63 PFF rating. Charvarius Ward is listed as questionable, and I'm pretty sure he's one of their starters. He's got a 46.8 PFF rating. And then Rashad Fenton is also listed as questionable at 66.3. So definitely below average cornerback room. And I hope they don't do what they did to the Bills last time around where it just seemed like they got pretty handsy and I think the refs eventually just kind of swallowed their whistles on that but if we're looking in terms of a matchup you know win in terms of uh where we should exploit this is this has got to be it our wide receiving core this year is if not arguably better than last year with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders and the exit of John Brown. Now, we do need these other weapons to step up. I'm talking to you, Gabriel Davis, because you haven't really been there since week one, and I'm not really sure what's going on, but maybe this is a, a blessing in disguise because Emmanuel Sanders is eating and maybe he's eating into his snaps but uh, I I need to see more production against these lower tier cornerbacks Mike Hughes was a former first round pick I'm not sure why Minnesota gave up on him so quickly but they gave him to the Chiefs basically for swapping like a sixth they they swapped like great on pits or something pretty much gave him away Mm -hmm. and I don't know why um, but he's super athletic, uh, and he's somebody that I remember when the move was made. I was like, "Why couldn't we make a move like that?" Um, but he's going to have his hands full no matter who he's guarding. If he's got to guard Sanders or if he's got to guard Diggs, he, he's got his hands full. Shavarius uh, Ward actually is a pretty good corner as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of liken him to Levi. He always seems to be around the ball making tackles. I think uh, that's kind of my read on him. But there's not a lot of corners that I would feel confident about going up against our top three wide receivers. It's just a matter of letting plays develop and getting Josh time. Yeah. And uh, again, that comes back down to the offensive line, which, oh man, I'm so nervous about it, but I, like in a, in the anxiety, it's like a good anxiety and a bad anxiety at the same time. Uh, let's move on to the next weakness. And that's actually tight end. And you know what? I'll I'll just bounce in the last two together. Tight end and wide receiver depth. So much like the LA Rams and how I believe Joe Marino on Lockdown Bills described them is that they're a star and scrubs kind of team. This is how I that's how I kind of view the tight end room for the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Travis Kels E, if if you want to pronounce it like that, and then no one behind him. You got Blake Brell, Noah Gray, and Jody Forsen. I know if you're listening to this, you've never heard any announcer ever mention their names in a, in a Chiefs uniform because I personally have it. Uh, maybe they have, and I'm just being a little harsh here, but we all know it's about Travis Kelsey there. And then when it comes to the wide receiver room, it's all about Tyreek Hill. And I'm not going to sit here and knock like uh, Mikael Harmon or... Robinson, because I know they contribute to that team in terms of special teams. And, uh, you know, I think Hardman has like crazy top end speed. So those two, yes, I I'd imagine that they can contribute a little bit, but not as much as our ancillary weapons could. So I think we have the edge there on them in that room. And then outside of that, they have... Marcus Kemp, 40 PFF rating. Uh, DeRice Fountain, who's got no PFF rating. Like, there's just nothing on him. Pringle, 58 PFF rating. And then Josh Gordon, who hasn't played in so long in the NFL that uh, you're not really sure what you're going to get, but I don't think it's going to be that great because he's been out, and the only thing he's done since getting out of the NFL is the fact that he's gotten older. So maybe that's a little harsh, but uh, 
definitely questionable depth at the tight end and wide receiver rooms there. Yeah, that's a lot of the criticism that I think that I'm aware of too is what I think you said, what, what did you say, stars or scrubs? That's that's a really good way to say it. Um, top heavy and then kind of, I don't know, what's behind them. And the Josh mm-hmm. Gordon experiment, it's not a bad move. you catching him in week five. If he pans out, that's amazing for them. I mean, it sucks for us, but um, I don't know. I, I, what 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 can you expect? I, I guess nothing. He's going to get on the field for the first time against the Bills, and he'll probably get some targets. We can pretty much guarantee that. So I don't mm. know. Yeah, and you know we got to wrap up this segment here by me asking you, what are you most worried about here? And we put a Twitter poll out there in terms of what Bills Mafia and the listeners of uh, this podcast are worried about, and... 50% of the voters said offense. They're just worried about Mahomes, Kels, E. I, 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 I feel like I have to say it like that from now on. <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Clyde's Edward Hilaire, I guess, and just in general that offensive output. They're worried about that. 21% of them are worried about their defense, and I can't fault them for that just because they are ranking pretty much second to last in total defense in almost all categories. And 28% of them are worried about coaching, so scheming, and penalties. Where do you find yourself in those three categories? What are you most worried about, Vince? I think I worry about their offense scoring a lot of points. I, mm-hmm. Even in the AFC Championship game, we had a lot going against us, but we were still able to score 24 points. That's a decent amount of points. We could move the ball. We had to work a lot harder to get there than they did. They mm-hmm. could, you know, they were scoring on two or three plays and we would have to go, you know, seven, eight, nine plays down the field to get our points. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, had to labor for it. And we need to be able to stifle that offense a little bit. If we have any chance at all, I'm assuming they're going to get some decent amount of points too, but the, I guess our defense is what I'm most concerned about. Yeah, and that makes sense, right? You're, this defense has been clicking, and almost to 2019 form, it, or if anything, it is the 2019 form, maybe potentially better by the fact that we've had two shutouts now. And I, I'm really happy about the performance of the defense, but this is the first real test to see if this unit has grown from last year last year it was all about the offense you know josh allen and every, all the stefan Diggs. they can score at will but when it came down to it the defense was nowhere to be found and most of the pieces are still the same there and most of the pieces are still the same and for the offense for Kansas City, except for a revamped offensive line and you swap out Sammy Watkins for Josh Gordon. So in theory, it should be pretty close. So I I don't know how the matchups are going to really shake out, but I'm definitely scared about how that offense uh, led by Patrick Mahomes is going to perform on Sunday night. And I just don't want to go to bed upset. (laughs) You know, it's definitely something I'm worried about as this week unfolds. So I think that's a good place for us to really go into our second to final segment here, and that's things we want to see and things we don't want to see. So I'm going to let you start off by here, start off here by talking about things you don't want to see, Vince. What don't you want to see? <laughs> well, I don't want to see a Chiefs win. <laughs> yeah, <Done>. definitely. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't want to see... Patrick Mahomes lighting us up for like 35 or 40 points. I feel like if mm-hmm. we keep it somewhere, you know, 28, 32 points, we'll be in the game. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, we need to get our points too. But if we can contain Patrick Mahomes, that's what, that's what I'd like to see is him get stifled a little bit. Right. And I guess what I want to see and what I don't want to see kind of folds into what you just said. But what I want to see, and I feel like a broken record because I've said this two or three times already. But I need to know that this pass rush is for real. We've seen Brandon Bean tossed 
all types of resources, money, draft picks, he's traded for players, signed free agents, all that good stuff. It's well, I don't know if he's actually traded for anyone, but you, you get the point here that there's been a lot of resource allocation in that room and I need to see that it's paying off. We need some return on investments. And we saw we definitely saw some impact against the Dolphins, but you know that's the Dolphins. This is the Kansas City Chiefs and they got a revamped offensive line that's playing actually a lot better than I anticipated. So this is going to be another good matchup for this newly revamped defensive line and I hope that they can contain and or put a ton of pressure on Mahomes so he does something crazy in terms of negative plays. I don't want to see him do anything crazy offensively. <laughs> um, but what I also don't want to see is offensive struggles. I it, it was a huge letdown in the AFC Championship game that, that Allen and the team couldn't move the ball. It seemed like the only time we actually were near the red zone was when Mo, I think Hardman, I believe, or Robinson, I, I forgot who their punt returner is, fumbled the ball, and then Josh was able to do like a dump-off pass to Knox to get into the end zone, and it was like quite literally a five-yard five play, maybe at most. I, I don't want our points to come from plays like that. I, I need to see legitimate points that this offense is much improved, and we know the running game is much better, and that the Chiefs are bad at defending the run here. So I'm looking for a more balanced attack for us to rush the run the football very, very well um, like we've seen thus far, and I don't want to see no fumbles because Singletary, I don't know what he's doing, but he's, he's dropping, he's putting the fo uh, football down quite recently, and it's going to be a wet game, allegedly, so uh, I don't want to see that. Uh, I know I spit out a lot of things there, but uh, clearly I've been thinking about this matchup for quite some time, and you, you're probably in the same boat too, <laughs> but I won't speak for you. Yeah, Singletary, yeah, that, and you said it all perfectly. Singletary worries me a lot, and I am on team, team Singletary so much. I love Motor. Mm -hmm. I love the way he plays. I know he's got some limitations, but I just love that guy so much. Oh yeah. Seeing putting up, it's like, okay, you're getting away with it, fumbling out of bounds, not getting the the ball turned over, dude. You, when does it sink in that you got to do that a little bit better? So I'm concerned right. there. But to your point about the defensive line, yes, you said it absolutely perfectly. Way back in April, where we passed on getting a corner and we got one and two defensive ends, this was his plan. This is what Bean wanted to do. So this is like. No more dress rehearsal. Like, you're going against the Chiefs now. It's time to pay off. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I said earlier, we were 13-3 and three and in the AFC Championship last year. If we were 9-7 and seven and we're having the same year, do we feel the same? Or do we have the same sense of optimism? No, we do not. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot riding on this game. And, and my mental um, stability, I think, is, is right there on the line, too. Right. So uh, I'm going to just push your mental stability just a tad bit more here. Why don't you give us your game day prediction against the Kansas City Chiefs? And I'll preface this by saying, and yes, I'm throwing you underneath the rug here, Justin, but he predicted a loss. He, he said for the same reasons of, you know, he, he, he doesn't believe it until it happens. And I understand that, very similar to the Patriots thing that I referenced earlier. But, uh, yeah, he, he came out and told me it was a loss. So where where is your head at? Are you more with Justin here? I was until last week. And I, I don't know why. I don't think the Houston game should have had this much effect on my psyche. But mm -hmm. I'm feeling super optimistic. I think it's going to be like a 31-28 Bills win. And that is so out of character for me because I've been saying all offseason long, we didn't do enough, we didn't do enough, we didn't close the gap. Here I am predicting a win, and maybe I'm just going with my heart right now, but that's the way I feel. Right. And uh, shocker here, but I'm actually going to predict a Bills win. 
I don't know what it is, but I feel like this Bills offense, we haven't seen the best Bills offense yet. I know what it can be. We've seen much improvement in the running game, and I know what the passing game could be. And I know that this defense is playing significantly better, and they're showing us that, hey, we're clicking, we're getting back to form. If those two things can sync up simultaneously for this game, forget about it, in my opinion. So I'm going to roll the dice here, and I I think... I think we're we're going to hit 7. I I'm feeling real good about this game and maybe I'm an idiot which you know is quite quite possible here. <laughs> but um I I I just feel good about it and I was a little hesitant to say it originally but the more and more I talk about the more and more I'm talking myself into the fact that I can see this team winning this game and closing that gap so yeah let's go it's on tape it is on tape you can't back out of it now we're locked definitely not we are locked in i I, shocker here i'm gonna predict the bills win (laughs) anyways that's gonna wrap it up for tonight's episode thanks for sticking around go ahead and like comment subscribe and review our podcast as well as vince taylor on the buffalo on the brain podcast uh vince You know we're always looking for great people to join our show, and Justin's typically on here too. So you can always find us as well as um, other amazing content by looking into the Built-In Buffalo Network. Uh, Where can the people find you? I am at PodcastVince on Twitter. That's my only social media site that I have. But Mm -hmm. you can find my podcast, Buffalo on the Brain, every Monday on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. And as always, you can find Justin on social media podcast or social media platforms by sh- searching up JGods22. And you can find me predicting all the Bills W's by searching Two Changs. Let's go, Bills. Let's go get this W. I am sick and tired of being in the Chiefs' shadow. Let's get it. Go, Bills. Go, Bills. <laughs>